0: Hi, I'm Kara Kilmer. I play Sylvia Bread on Chicago Fire, and you are listening to Mina Semolis.
1: You're standing to your
0: friend. And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 101 of Meet Us at Molly's. That's so weird now that we can say 100 and, like what? I know, crazy. So crazy. As always, I'm Gina, I'm joined by Bryna. Hello everybody. So tonight we are going to cover an oldie but goodie. A really goodie. Like, yeah, real goodie. So... We're still on hiatus for another week, but we decided to go back into the vault and we're covering Chicago PD season two, episode 15, entitled What Do You Do? This is the episode where Burgess and Roman get stuck in the warehouse, aka the warehouse episode.
0: It's such a... I didn't realize like how much, even just beyond that, like there's some like other iconic PD moments that happen in this episode that we'll talk about, but like just... So many iconic things that when we think about PD, hap- like happened in this episode, and it was really cool to see. Like when we put it on Twitter that like we were gonna recover this episode, and we were like, "What do you guys think?" Like everyone was like, "Oh my god! Like this is my favorite episode of all time! Like this is like the taser vacation parts, like one of my favorite like like storylines." Like it was just really cool to see like everyone's love for this episode. So I'm really glad we're doing this.
1: Big time, big time, and I can't believe it's taken us this long to do it. I know. Crazy. So, before we get into the episode, of course, we're going to cover the news. And we've got a good amount of news tonight. But it's today also, when like, you're listening to this. random news, too. Like,
0: it's, like, very, like, I don't know. It's, like, related to One Chicago, but it's not necessarily, like, episode descriptions or whatever. But it's news regardless, so we're going to talk about it.
1: It's a very eclectic bit of news.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yes. Um, Bryna, go ahead and start us off.
0: Yeah, so... One of TV Line's columns is Matt's Inside Line. And it's kind of similar to Ask Aziella where, you know, people send in questions and they answer them with whatever they know. So somebody sent in a question like, are Chicago Fires, Casey and Brett, going to have a romantic relationship? And they responded to the, the answer to this question was from Derek. And he says, I'm curious myself to see where that goes. I feel like those hints have been purposeful. Showrunner Derek Haas teases with a laugh. Like, I can literally hear him saying this in my head. You've got two characters who are hurt by their last relationships they had. And they're both essentially really strong, good people. So, yeah, those hints have been deliberate. And we'll just see where it goes. Okay. Yeah. People on Twitter were not happy with this at all all like no I don't think I saw one positive response to this
1: but yeah I was gonna say it it was an overwhelming majority of people who were like absolutely not
0: yeah except I feel like for us (laughs)
1: yes because I say absolutely
0: (laughs) yeah and I think for me personally I mean we all know this this is no secret if you've listened to this podcast I'm not the biggest Dawsy fan in the world not that I hate them but they were just never my cup of tea but I could totally see this happening and I don't understand why people can't and I feel like if the only reason people don't want this to happen is because of Dawsie, then I feel like you, like I don't know characters are supposed to like yeah it's unfortunate that Dawson you know that Monica left the way that she did and that Dawson got written out of the show that she, the way that she did but that's happened And you can't ignore the fact that that's happened and he has to move on eventually. Like they're divorced or they're, I don't know if the papers have officially been signed, but you know, like they're getting divorced and like, he's got to move on with his life. And if it just so happens to be with Brett, then like, okay.
1: The papers have been signed. He said it very, very unceremoniously in one of the early episodes of the season. But yeah, I mean... A lot of people are just saying, you know, that's so wrong. Brett was Gabby's best friend, et cetera, et cetera. But think about it. Derek says, you know, you've got two characters who are hurt by the last relationships they had. Not only were they hurt by their last relationships, they were both hurt by Gabby leaving. Right. So they're bonded in that aspect.
0: Right. And I mean... Like, I've also seen, you know, a lot of people say, like, I don't, like, I couldn't, even beyond that, like, you know, they couldn't see them together just as, like, characters. Like, I don't understand that either. Like, to me, maybe I wouldn't have thought about it, like, at first. But, like, once you started kind of seeing, like, hints there of, like, okay, well, like, this could be something I like. Like, it makes so much sense to me.
1: It does. It it really, really does. I mean, I think pretty much pretty much the minute Gabby left and I mean maybe even there was a scene in the crossover in 702 when Brett finally was just like asking Casey like how did you let her leave and just seeing them interact with each other I was like oh
0: I think we talked about it briefly obviously we were like this could be something we're into like we talked about it like way earlier on this season um, yeah
1: and we've talked about it You know, between our texts, just the two of us, and I compare them to Ryan and Taylor from The O.C. Because if I remember correctly, Bryna, you've seen The O.C. like later Mm -hmm. than I have. It's been like 15 years for me. But if I remember correctly, Ryan and Taylor were both kind of devastated in the wake of Marissa's death. And yeah. just kind of found each other that way. Th- this is kind of similar to that.
0: Right. Well, and the way I picture it, I don't, I mean, I don't picture it as necessarily like a Ryan and Taylor thing. I guess for me, the way I picture it, when it actually happens, like this is how I picture it in my head is like if it actually happens, it kind of almost be like, did you ever see Friends? I feel like you didn't see Friends. Did you see Friends?
1: I haven't binged it all the way through. I've just seen sporadic episodes here and there. Do
0: you know the whole like Monica and Chandler thing though? Like how they get together?
1: I mean, I know they get together. I don't know specifically how. Anyway,
0: point, well, like, the way I envision in my head is kind of like Monica and Chandler where, like, they get together, like, something happens, they kiss or hook up or whatever it is, and, like, they get together, and they realize, like, oh, shit, like, we shouldn't be doing this, like, whatever. But then they, like, can't stop doing it either because they were like oh like something about it just feels right and whatever and I don't know why that's why how I picture this going because like I have a feeling like when it happens like whether it's a kiss or a hookup or whatever like they're not gonna want like they're not gonna want it to happen because of the Gabby situation but like I feel like something's gonna just keep drawing them together be like no 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 like <laughs> this is happening like you guys are getting together and that's was like kind of you- Monica and Chandler's story so like I picture it like that
1: but you think that they're still gonna have Gabby on the on the brain?
0: I think so. I feel like they I feel like they are at first. I feel like I feel like Brett will. Maybe not Casey so much, but I feel like Brett's gonna be like, no 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 no, like Gabby was my best friend, like no 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 no, like we can't do this. But like something's pulling her towards him being like, oh crap, like I'm in trouble. That's just how I picture it in my brain. I don't know if that'll actually happen, but that's how I picture it in my brain, and so therefore I think about like Monica and Chandler like that. But I don't know. That's how I pictured it in my brain.
1: I think they could be good together. I think Brett yeah. would be not, I don't want to say like a moral compass for Casey, but when <laughs> Casey's wanting to go do something crazy, Brett's going to be the one to kind of reset. her.
0: Yes. Him. Yes. It just, oh, I'm like already obsessed with it and it hasn't even happened. Like I'm in on this. Is it,
1: it's Bracey, right? That's got to be their name. Bracy
0: yeah 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 Uh, not so fully sold on that but
1: yeah for now no i know it doesn't it doesn't flow that much i feel like kara had come up with a name for them and it was really funny oh i know what it was it was cabret (laughs) c-a-b-r-e-t-t cabret i like that one better kara's really funny she's really funny yeah yeah
0: but no so i guess we'll see i don't know if that means like we'll see where it goes like meaning something will happen by the end of the season or like we'll see where it goes maybe something will happen by mid season season 8 I don't know um but I'm definitely excited to see where it goes if it goes anywhere Yeah
1: yeah I I think this ship might be like a teeny tiny boat right now but I am all aboard I think this ship might be literally you and I It's okay we will just have our own little party on our tiny little tugboat and Well and you
0: know what when It comes out and it starts happening and then people start jumping on the ship. We're going to be like, you know what? Episode 101. That's where we said we said it first. We've been on board Mm -hmm. since the beginning. We've got Mm -hmm. check the tapes. Like, go back.
1: (laughs) We are Gina and Bryna and we approve the ship. (laughs) Yeah, literally. (laughs) So good. So elsewhere in news, uh, there was a tweet that came down this week from filming in Chicago. Um, As you guys know, this is a Twitter account that, you know, tracks the filming permits around Chicago and kind of tells you exactly which shows are filming where on a given day. So it's not just the Chicago's. It's Empire. um, It's a couple of shows. I want shameless. I want to say power films in Chicago. I could be wrong. New York. I'm probably thinking New York. Okay, I'm thinking of another show that. But yeah, it's, it's all sorts of different things that film in Chicago. But there was a tweet that came out this week that just said, just a heads up. People often ask when the One Chicago shows start filming the next season to plan their summer vacations. No promises, but we hear from multiple sources that they will start much earlier this year to fill a bigger episode order, like June. They usually start in July. So a bigger episode order? That could be exciting. Like what, like 24 episodes?
0: That would be my guess. I don't think they. I don't imagine them going above anything else or going above that because that just seems like insane,
1: excessive,
0: right? Yeah. Well, and like especially the way like broadcast, you know, schedules are going and just like television orders are going in general. Like that seems like the wrong direction. Although Gray's went twenty five, is going twenty five this season. But um, yeah, I know, crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. Again, not confirmed. That was just like hearsay, but still. If it is, that's exciting.
1: That is exciting. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 always down for more Chicago.
0: Yeah, we. I mean, hello, we do this. Like, we won't we have as this. much hiatus. We we won't have as much hiatus next year then.
1: But that's okay. Because that's okay with us. Hiatus yes. has sucked this last couple months. <laughs> hiatus sucks. Yeah, <laughs> we literally just sit around and we're like, um, it's Wednesday. Isn't that kind of important? No
0: um it's also just like i mean the fact that like we're on next week and then we go off another week is just like ugh.
1: i know i know yeah brina take us through the next bit of news please yeah
0: so this is another adjacent one chicago news um entertainment tonight came out today and said, One Hill's Chad Michael Murray and Tori DeVito reunite for a Hallmark Christmas movie. Which is always exciting, because we love Hallmark Christmas movies. Um, who doesn't? Um, this one is going to be titled, Five Cards for Christmas. It also stars Drew Seeley, who was in One Hill as well. Lolita Davidovich and Grant Show. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah. It's a To All the Boys I've Loved Before esque premise that revolves around recently single Jessica, which is Tori Domito's character, who sends Christmas cards to five people who have impacted her life um, from like an aunt who raised her, her younger brother, a pop star who provided the soundtrack to her life, a music teacher, <laughs> and a best friend. And then, of course, Chad Michael Murray is going to play her love interest, who's like the son of her music teacher, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, exciting stuff, but always good to see a One Chicago star in Hallmark movies. And the fact that it's another little One Tree Hill reunion is also pretty great. So.
1: Okay, two things here. One, is it technically a One Tree Hill reunion if Lucas and Nanny Carey never technically shared a scene? Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: That's yes. Fine.
1: Also, can we please talk about the fact that Chad's character's name is Luke?
0: I didn't even notice that. <laughs> um, That's funny.
1: I'm terrible because, you know, I see Chad Michael Murray in things now. Now, like One Hill and, and on. And I just in my brain, I'm just like, I need to go to my happy place and assume that this is Lucas Scott. So like he did that christmas movie last year with the uh, i think it was jesse schramer was her name yeah, and, yeah. You know, he was like the the son of this woman who was kind of like a food network guru or whatever and i was just like it's lucas it's lucas lucas found his happy place like i'm good so i'm just gonna find my happy place in this one and just be like mm, lucas
0: that's funny but i love hallmark christmas movies um so and this one sounds really good already i would watch this even if it wasn't them in it so yeah just LOL, sure. Seeley. just LOL, Drew Seely. Just so, LOL. Drew Seely always pop into backup.
1: I know Drew Seely just from the Wintry Hill conventions, but he was in High School Musical, wasn't he? Mm-hmm.
0: He... Per- <laughs> they mixed- oh no.
1: he provided the vocals! He,
0: it, they mixed his voice and Zac Efron's voice and the first one, and then he replaced Zac Efron in the concert that I saw the live concert because Zac Efron was off filming Hairspray because, like, they did like a concert tour or whatever, and so it was like mm-hmm. the five of them. So it was the rest of the five of them, and then Drew Seeley, which was like kind of a disappointment. But like, people also knew at that point that he was the guy behind Zac Efron's vocals, um, so it was like not that big of a deal, I guess. He was also in another, I guess, classic movie for me for like childhood purposes. He was in another Cinderella story ironically following Chad Michael Murray, um, with mm-hmm. Selena Gomez. So that was like one of my favorite movies in middle school. So.
1: Wait, another Cinderella story was not Chad Michael Murray and Hilary Duff. That was the first one. No, but one, it was right? like
0: the indirect sequel to. Got movie. it. It's like the, it's like they, they, them doing a sequel is like what started that franchise. Cause now they've done like five or six or something like that. Interesting. I mean, they all get worse and worse as they go on. The first is still the best, but, like, still.
1: Yeah. And Things you learn. Tori posted on social media today, today being Thursday, the day we record, um, she posted that, I guess, filming's starting because she's like, changed her hair and she's like, you know, I'm getting yeah. know a new character. and. Yeah, yeah, I
0: think the article said next week. So, yeah, that would make sense.
1: So we'll have a good One Chicago presence on the Hallmark Christmas movies this year. We'll have Tori, we'll have Patty.
0: Scott Wolfe's also in one. Random, but Scott Wolf is also in one. So. Oh, Scott Wolf. With Kristen Chenoweth.
1: Hello. Really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. Scott Wolf has really, really incredible blue eyes.
0: <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that.
1: I can't help it, okay? Like, I just I can't I know. help it. I don't know. Which is actually a really good segue into our next bit of news. <laughs> I
0: know. I'm really excited for this news too.
1: <laughs> so Chicago Heroes Event 2, they have announced their latest guest. It is the most beautiful blue-eyes in the city of Chicago, Taylor Kinney is coming to the Chicago Con in September. I'm really excited. I'm really tempted to do a photo op with him and then just like erase him but just keep his eyes. Like <laughs> some no sunglasses
0: I'm in this photo op.
1: Oh hell no. Oh, hell no. I'm just going to, like, tell him, like, okay, just look, like, really surprised so that, like, he'll just open his eyes, like, even wider. <laughs> <laughs> Brian had just made a face in the camera that you can't see. But, uh I'm excited. I, and I think the first thing I told you yesterday was, like, I can't wait to get a photo op with those eyes. Forget yeah. Taylor. His eyes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited that he's just going to be there. Just to, like, if I don't even get anything with him, that's fine. But, like. Just for him to be there, like I feel like that's a really big get for him or for them, um, and so I'm really excited that he's coming. So buy your tickets. There, I think I already saw that like half of the Saturday photo ops, as of like recording this, were already gone. So,
1: and that's why quick Jesse, right? Not Taylor. I don't think the ones with Taylor have gone till yet, have they?
0: Oh yeah, they I went on sale. See that. Yeah, they went on sale as soon as they announced
1: him. This is what I get for being on mobile. I just assumed you knew
0: that. I would have told you that or else I just assumed you knew that because they said that. Well, I
1: looked when you sent that. I went on the website, but then I think my phone was just being really weird because I was definitely going to buy that photo op like ASAP just because, again, I'm more obsessed with Taylor's eyes than I am with Taylor, which is totally healthy, but I didn't see that. Okay. Brenda, take us through the next bit of news while I handle this. It's under tickets, by the way. It,
0: apparently he's not on the homepage, but it's apparently you can buy him under tickets. Anyway, um, so the last bit of news is something that literally just dropped 10 minutes before we started recording. Deadline has announced or revealed, whatever, that Jesse Spencer and Taylor Kenny, speaking of which, have inked new deals to continue on to for next season. Um, the reporter who wrote this, I think her name is Nellie Um, She said, I've learned that they've closed new two-year deals to continue on the firefighter drama um and then i know there had been some talk obviously we weren't really sure about deals for other cast members and whatever and so this article kind of cleared up a little bit of that so i'm just going to go through it real quick um so apparently this is what this says so the deals for the other three original cast members eamon walker monica raymond and david eigenberg expired at the end of season six last spring raymond obviously opted to move on um, while well, Walker and Eigenberg enter new two-year contracts that go through the upcoming eighth season. So Amon and David will both be on next season as well. And then it also says three other Chicago Fire, member cast, Chicago Fire cast members, Christian Solti, Joe Minoso, and Yuri Sardarov, who started as recurring in season one before becoming regulars in season two, had their deals coming up at the end of season seven. I hear all three have been locked in for next season. And then it later on talks about the fact that Kara... Annie and Miranda, because of when they became season series regulars, they should all be covered for at least next season, if not beyond. So it seems like everyone's coming back at least for next season, maybe even for a potential season nine, if there was to be one. So yeah, exciting stuff all around.
1: So basically in your face deadline. Can't ruin the finale for us this year.
0: I mean, well, they can, but not in this way. (laughs) Not by reporting about
1: contracts. I feel like that's something I'm never going to get over. And I'm just going to hold that grudge against Deadline forever.
0: It's going to go up there with the Lindsay ghosting Jay. Like it's like Lindsay ghosting Jay and then Deadline ruining the season six finale of Fire.
1: He was going to propose with his dead mother's ring. I'm good. I'm okay.
0: (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about it. I'm sure again in like 20 minutes, whatever. Um, Yes. But real quick, I just wanted to – so that's it for the news, but we did kind of get, like, a random email question that I could have responded to just in an email, but I felt like it was best if we, like, talked about it real quick, Um, just, like, having conversation and so that everyone else can hear our answer because I just thought it was, like, a really interesting question. So I don't really know where to put it in the outline, so I'm just going to stick it here now before we talk about the episode. Um, So this is from Allison F., and she said, Overall, I'd like to ask you why you think women in this universe seem – to have a difficult time maintaining a romantic relationship. Women are capable of having successful careers and a relationship. I struggle with this a lot in dramas because it's not a realistic view of how all successful women live their lives. Even in romantic comedies, the successful career woman doesn't have time for love until that one guy comes along melting her icy heart. As a 30-something professional who is also married, I want to see powerful women able to juggle it all successfully. I can't imagine I'm in the minority as I work for some very career-driven women who also balance a marriage and children. But I guess when it comes to entertainment, where is the drama in balancing it all and being happy? I'm trying to remember exactly what she was talking about. I want to say it was either Stella or Ava, but I don't remember which one. It might have been Ava. I'm going to double-check this. But I just thought it was something interesting and worth discussing real quick. But Mm -hmm. Gina, what are your thoughts? I'm going to look up who she was referencing.
1: Well, okay. And this is kind of stream of consciousness coming from me. I'm just kind of babbling here. So go for it. The women in this universe are having a hard time maintaining their relationships. Okay, that's fair. But a relationship is a two-way street, right? So if the woman can't maintain the relationship, then that's partly on the man too, right?
0: Yeah, no, it definitely is.
1: For so, sure. I mean, let's... Okay, let's start with Manstead, right? So, Natalie couldn't, quote-unquote, maintain it, but that was because Will was lying to her and she didn't have time for his bullshit. Yes. Is that a little, like, crass way to put it? No, I think that's... I think that's fair. So, I mean, I think... I, I, I think they're reflecting, I think, okay, so let me put it this way. I think they're doing a good job of portraying real life relationships with the exception of Connor and Ava.
0: I'd agree with that. I I think the only one I'd also maybe contest a little bit would be the Stella ride, but then again, that was also just, like, I can't really take fault with Stella for, like, giving up on Severide just because, like, it's not fair to her. But at the same time, I'm like, Stella, why the fuck did you give up on him? Like, you're supposed to be his person. Like, why did you give up on him? But I also can't fault her for, get like, doing what's best for her and, like, taking a step back either. Right. Uh, But yeah, definitely the Ava and Connor one for sure. I was just looking at Allison's email. It was just like an overall question. She wasn't actually referencing something. I was thinking because she had talked about Ava somewhere else. Um, But... Oh, because she was talking about Ava being like... How Ava's character is being super frustrating because, you know, she has the opportunity to be a strong female character, but you know, the way they're writing her is kind of
1: interesting. Yeah, the the whole thing with Ava is definitely the exception to the rule because they've done some weird shit with her in this last half of the season.
0: Yeah. So but I just I thought think like elsewhere, Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's good. to say, go ahead. But I was
1: gonna I was gonna say that Dossie might also be the other exception to this because I mean she left him to go to Puerto Rico. She was just like, peace out, marriage. That was a little odd of an ending.
0: <laughs> You're like <laughs> You're like what your hand signaled.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did the deuces, and you guys can't see it, which is a bummer. But she was literally just like, "Later marriage, bye." Kind of like what uh, American Airlines did to me this past weekend. They were just like, mm, "Your flight's canceled, bye." <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting. You know, like because I think it's like on the one hand, I I mean I definitely agree with you, but I also Like, I mean, she kind of brings it up, but like at the same time, you know, like it is entertainment, and like if there isn't issues in relationships, whether it's the woman's fault or the male's fault or nobody's fault really in general, and they're just having issues, I mean, it's it's a drama, it's a television show. Like they have, like there has to be conflict somewhere. As much as like I personally would probably like to see couples just like living their normal happy lives, like whatever. Like I get that that's not the entertainment industry, and like they have to create drama somewhere. And so I think that's also just the like, it's also just a result of the fact that like this is television. And so drama is going to happen and somebody's going to break up relationships. And that's just that.
1: And to the last part of that question, you know, when it comes to entertainment, where is the drama and balancing it all and being happy? That's part of the struggle, right? Balancing it all and being happy does not make for good TV. In terms of obstacles and conflicts for the characters to overcome. Right.
0: Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. But
1: yeah. So. Yeah, it's a struggle. Yeah. Interesting. I hope we uh, did that answer justice. Sort of.
0: Yeah, like I said, I just thought it should be talked out versus like me giving my like little two cents in an email. I just thought it was an interesting thing to talk about. In conversation
1: yeah so no for sure and I mean also what Allison says you know it's not a realistic view of how all successful women live their lives you know the successful women we see living their lives we just don't see often enough we see Cindy Herman once in a blue moon
0: right Donna, Donna Boden, Do you, I'd
1: include her there yeah
0: yeah a hundred percent and even you yeah. could throw in I mean like Lily and Chloe, who we haven't seen in a while, but you could also throw them in there, too.
1: I can't believe we still have not had a Lily, Otis, Joe, Chloe, double date.
0: Derek, come on, man.
1: And like Otis and Lily have been together for a hot minute. So like I've already got a Lotus engagement on my wish list for season eight, but that's a whole nother discussion for another time, whatever.
0: It's a great idea. We'll we'll pitch that to Derek (laughs) eventually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we will. (laughs) So that's about all we've got for the news. As always, guys, you know the drill. If you see anything, forward it to us, DM it to us, however you want to get it to us. It's a whole big Internet. Sometimes we miss things and you guys are really good about that. So just keep that up, please, if you wouldn't mind. So on to the episode. So this episode, it's the warehouse episode, again, if you didn't catch that. Chicago PD, season two, episode 15, What Do You Do? This episode is so good for like a multitude of reasons. So good. And it's kind of ahead of its time. I'll get there in a second. But I think one of the reasons this episode is so good is that this is a pivotal, critical moment in burgess's character growth like her char- her growth as a character it goes from like the pilot to 215 and then in 215 it just takes this left turn i mean without this episode we don't have the burgess we have now
0: right i don't think i realized that until i was like really watching it like this time to like prepare for this like i'd say it i'd argue it's 215 like the two like most pivotal burgess episodes for like Burgess as a character, right? Not in terms of like relationships or anything else, but like Burgess as a character, I'd argue it's two fifteen, and then whatever I don't remember the episode number, but the episode what where her sister gets raped.
1: Yes, in I season will agree four, with that.
0: because yeah. this is like her kind of starting to turn the wheels of like, okay, like maybe I can't be not naive, but like the innocent, like goody two-shoes cop that I've like or beat patrol beat patrol cop that I've always been and like maybe I have to like live life with like a little more edge and a little more you know like I can't just be the same person that I've always been like that's where this happens and then obviously I feel like when her sister gets raped that's where she kind of flips another switch after because at that point she's an intelligence or whatever and she's like a little apprehensive to Voight's ways of doing things, but that episode's where she's like, okay, well, maybe I need to start doing things Voight's way.
1: Yeah, and without 2.15, the episode where Nicole is raped would have absolutely shattered her if she Mm -hmm. hadn't had the experiences before that of 2.15, and then maybe even the Justice backdoor pilot when Roman is shot.
0: Oh, right. I always forget that that's a thing.
1: Only because, you know, she was on the stand and... Uh, what's his name, Stone's character just kind of grilled her and was like, how long have you been screwing your partner? Like, that whole deal. These these experiences have kind of hardened her. Or not hardened her, but, like, they've been reality checks for her.
0: Well, and it's funny, too, that you mentioned that because I also don't think until I was rewatching it this time, I understood the importance of the first scene and the last scene. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, this yeah. time when I was watching it, and I was watching it with, like, obviously a more critical eye, because I knew we were going to be talking about it. I was like, oh, crap. I was like, that's what that means. Like, that's what, like, it was just like, wow. like I, and, and, like, seeing the like the title, like, what would you do? Like, I was just like, oh, crap. Like, that's, like, really smart and, like, great writing. <laughs> like, it just took me a second. I was yeah. like, oh.
1: Yeah, the whole episode is just very, very smart in terms of structure and it's funny that you bring up the first and the last scene because you know that last scene that's where we see this is a new Burgess Mm -hmm. and all she does is walk into a diner but this is a new Burgess
0: right and I think to, I mean it's just like it's again we're we can talk about it like when we talk about well I guess we can talk about it now because like the first ep- the first scene obviously but like just the fact that they like planted it and they had that guy like plant that idea in her head that like oh maybe I am too boring or too safe or whatever like I go with the same mm-hmm. like I go with the flow too much like they the fact that they had that guy plant that in her head like while she's going through all of this, and, like, that maybe while she's going through this, like, crazy event, you know, she has to approach things differently in order to survive. And then for her to, like, come to that, have, like, really processed all that by the end, it was just, like, I, it's just so smart. And, like, again, I didn't really realize that until watching it this time around. But it's just it's so smart
1: mm-hmm.
0: from a writing yeah, perspective. Yeah, very much
1: so. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, the episode starts, she goes into this diner, this guy is pointing out how predictable she is, whatever. That guy's a creeper, by the way.
0: Right, but But. I think it's funny how, like, she's not creeped out by him, but, like, by how predictable she is.
1: But she really needs to be more creeped out by him.
0: Right, agree. But, like, the fact that she's not is just like, oh, okay.
1: Okay, whatever. So Platt gives she and Roman a different beat. They complain, no big deal, whatever. And when they start driving roman guesses her high school prom song which apparently was you're beautiful by james blunt which got me thinking what was my prom song i didn't go to my prom but like i think that you didn't go to your prom i didn't go to my prom no um i hated high school i hated it so much i my prom song was probably yeah by usher (laughs) that's what my guess is because it was 2004 what about you
0: Oh god, I mean mine was twenty thirteen. I don't remember what it was. Well, okay, so I mean my senior prom, not my junior prom, my senior prom. I don't remember what it was. And I think I don't remember what it was, partially because we had a band that year, so like none of the songs they played sound like the original, obviously, because they were all essentially covers. Um but I don't remember what it was. What was popular in 2013?
1: I don't know. Let's look this up. Let's look this up. 2013. <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be some song by, like, One Direction or something. <laughs>
0: Probably. One Direction was popular, I think, 2012. So, I don't yeah, know. 2013. But, yeah, they had to have a band that year because of some incidents that had happened at Homecoming. And we couldn't have a DJ. So, like, I don't really remember because they all sounded like covers. Because they were all covers.
1: So... Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke was on the charts for 12 weeks in 2013. So that was cool. probably your prom song. <laughs> oh lord. And if it wasn't that, it was Royals by Lord or Thrift Shop by Macklemore.
0: <laughs> Great, guys. <laughs> 2013 coming in real strong.
1: Also, I just realized that I graduated high school nearly a decade before you did. <laughs> Yikes, I'm old anyway. <laughs> I, yeah, just and also, um, major lol at the fact like they're in the car and Roman's like, You were born in '88, I was born in '89. Um, Brian Garrity was so much older than all of the rest of the cast, so yeah, isn't he like funny
0: a lot older than them? Um, or by like a lot, I mean like five years or something like yeah. that, yeah.
1: Yeah, something like that. Like, I think he's in his 40s now, and he was, like, late 30s when this aired.
0: He doesn't look late 30s, though.
1: But he also doesn't look 25. Well, yeah,
0: no. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but, yeah.
1: I got a good laugh out of that. Anyway, so Kim finally is like, do you think I'm in a rut? Like, what's going on? So, she's questioning, you know, whether she should have turned down intelligence, which is, like, Roman's the worst person to talk to about this. Yeah, Because Roman is just, like, madly in love with the beat. That's a good thing ship. Remember we were talking about thing ships? Yeah. (laughs) Roman Roman and the beat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, he even says, he's like, I love the beat. And she's like, yeah, it's exciting enough for you. And then he eventually goes, like, you really want my honest answer? Like, who cares? And it's like, well, I do, but you don't, clearly, because you're in love with the beat. So...
1: Yeah, I'm like, it's interesting, because you know damn well I went into this episode, like, trying to find all of the things Roman did wrong. But I couldn't find anything. He was actually not bad in this episode. And so in this moment, I'm just like, he's actually giving Sage advice? Like, yeah. Like, what is life? I mean,
0: I don't know. I, I guess, I like, it's hard for me. I mean, yes, I can, like, objectively see that rope. there is nothing wrong with Roman in this episode. But, like, Obviously, I'm still looking at it in hindsight, and I still don't really like Roman as a character. So, like, for me, I'm still like, oh, Roman, no.
1: Oh, no, me neither. Me neither. I mean, this, this does not raise or lower his stock either way. I mean, as, a, as an overall character, he still sucks. But this was just a not bad episode for him. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Is it because he spent a good quarter of it unconscious? <laughs> Maybe. Am I a bad person? Goodness. Yeah. So they go into a convenience store. Kim notices something sketchy happening across the street and she just goes. So she's just like, you know what? I'm in a rut. Fuck this shit. I'm going to go investigate now. And so Roman's like, well, wait a second. There's protocol and protocol goes right out the window because Burgess knocks on this door. And this guy pretty much opens the door and then falls flat on his face. And so... It basically, the whole sequence ends with Roman's about to radio it in and you just see an arm come out of the door with a gun pointed right at Roman's head. And that's that. Yep. So they're totally screwed. So the guy pulls Roman in and Bird just gets left outside and you hear gunshots. And by this point, they've lost their radios. They've lost their guns. They're just completely defenseless. And so Roman gets pulled inside. You hear gunshots. Kim's just like, Holy shit, what is happening? And she runs around, she finds an entrance, and you did bring up a good point here, Bryna. So she runs around to try and find an entrance instead of running back to her car to radio for help. Good point. Yeah, like, I
0: mean, this whole, I mean, obviously, it's an episode of television, like, I know, think, you know, it has to unfold the way it does, but she runs around trying to find, like, a second entrance and, like, get Roman out. When her car is literally across the street, there is a radio in there. You can literally have solved this in like two seconds. I mean, I understand why she's panicking because the gunshots went off and like Mm -hmm. Roman's in there. Like, I get it. But on the other hand, I'm like, this could have been over in like 10 minutes. But you don't know that in the moment. So like, I get it. But it was still like, come on.
1: (laughs) True. Very true. And yeah, I mean... I imagine she was freaked out by the gunshots. And again, this is this is the old Burgess we're working with, right? So this is like old Burgess. Everything is like freaking her out for the first time. And so like these gunshots go off and she's probably just like, oh, my God, like, what the fuck? So, yeah, I see that. Yeah. So. Kim eventually finds her way inside and Roman is just out. Roman is just like snoozing. He's just. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty intense. And I remember seeing the sneak peeks for this episode and just thinking like, oh, my God, like Roman's passed out. Like, that's bad. Which like, duh, it's bad. But I mean, like in terms of like, oh, he's like really, really injured, not just like injured. Yeah. But Kim tries to help Roman and the main perp, there's multiple perps in this episode, but the main (laughs) perp attacks her, holds a pipe to her throat and they have the most epic showdown with like this crowbar. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's a pretty crazy fight sequence. And if I remember correctly, it's all Marina. They didn't use a stunt double.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah. Like, Marina's a total badass. And she's, like, flipping over the bar and, like, kicking at him. And it's just... It's really badass. So badass. So... Yeah. All of the badass. Just... Yes. So, a random shot comes out of nowhere. And the guy she's fighting with goes down. And so... The shooter, he's got a wound as well. He's got a gunshot wound. Do
0: do we ever learn where that gunshot came from? Do they say? I mean, I would assume it's the perp that they just took down or that this guy just took down. But, like, do we ever actually learn where this guy, his name's Aubrey, but, like, where Aubrey's Mm -hmm. gunshot comes from? I don't think we do. I don't think we, I mean, I would assume. You know what?
1: Maybe it's the gunshot when Roman gets pulled inside.
0: Maybe. So, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm assuming it's part number one, but they don't actually ever say. He's just standing there bloody from the gunshot, and it's just like, oh, okay, you're shot too. Great.
1: Yeah. Um, Aubrey is played by McKinley Belcher III, and if you watch The Passage, he is now on that show. And I can't remember his character's name for the life of me. Yeah, I just looked him up.
0: I started, because I was curious, like, what he had been in since this, because he was fantastic in this. Um, and so I looked him up and I was like, oh yeah, The Passage.
1: hmm hmm Yeah, I just can't remember his character's name, but he is in The Passage. So he's gone on to pretty good things. I mean, he, he is exquisite in this episode. He's great. So good. And so the random shot comes out, but the shooter, you know, he's bloody from a gunshot himself. So Burgess forges a bond with this guy, which is just, this is Burgess kind of thinking on her feet for the first time. She's just kind of... Realizing she can do these things as she does them, it's interesting, like, because you can kind of see the wheels turning as she's doing these things in this episode,
0: yeah. Well, and one of the things that I love when they're talking about the bond, too, is like she shares the story of, um, like you know, think like moments like that being like where being a cop has like changed her life and changed her Mm -hmm. perspective on justice and things like that. And she's talking about the fact that you know, like the example of the hoarder case that they, that she and Kevin went on in season one um, where it's like, they thought it was just a routine hoarder call, whatever. And then it, if it wasn't for Kevin, it's like insistence that, you know, like something was wrong, you know, they would have not ended up saving this boy's life. And, you know, that was like a moment that really changed Burgess's perspective on being a cop and, you know, her views on everything. And so like the fact that she's sharing this with this guy, you know, who wants to, kill her or has like a gun pointed at her and moments her and like the fact that she's opening up this deep is just like a very burgess thing in this moment but that's just burgess's way of doing things too
1: and it's a burgess power she doesn't even know she has until this moment that's what i love so much about this episode is because as she's making these decisions she's like i can do that oh wait i can do that too so, I mean, whereas now these things are second nature and she knows that she like has this arsenal of skills, she's discovering them for the first time in this episode. It's almost like a superhero type thing. I love it. Yeah. So good. So, while they're bonding and they're talking and Aubrey's kind of calming down, Roman is starting to stir and wake up. And he's I'm I'm fairly confident that he's got a pretty good concussion. So, like, everything's kind of in a tunnel for him. Like, he can't really hear that well. can't really see. Things are blurry. Yeah. And so, while this is happening, he's trying to reach for the bar because, like, he has no idea that they're bonding. He, you know, for all we know, he thinks he's Batman. And so, (laughs) he goes to reach for the bar and Aubrey is just completely set off by it. And so, you know, Aubrey's pointing the gun at Kim. Aubrey's screaming. Aubrey's beating up on Roman again. Um, And, you know, he points the gun at Burgess and Burgess is finally like, if you're going to shoot me, just do it. But don't keep a cocked gun in my face. Another assertive Burgess moment that we didn't know that she could do until that moment.
0: Yeah. Crazy. I mean, like what I like I again, that was like that's like an iconic Burgess moment that I completely forgot about until I was watching this. And I was like, oh, right. What a moment.
1: Yeah, this episode reminds me of an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I know you've never seen that show. I don't think you have. Have you?
0: I used to watch it, but I haven't seen it in a really long time.
1: Do you remember when Daisy found her power for the first time?
0: What season is that?
1: Like, I think maybe two.
0: I, uh, kind of. I, like, two was where I, like, fell off. <laughs> so
1: She, like, gets the powers, and then it's all about learning them. This is, I feel like this is, like, the PD version of that. It's so good. I could go on yeah. wherever, But, Brenna, take it from here, please.
0: Yeah, so basically, you know, he, Aubrey backs down and, you know, doesn't obviously shoot her. And so once Kim knows now that he's not going to shoot her, she takes Roman and she's like, you know what? We're going to head out. Peace. Nice knowing you. Peace. <laughs> yeah bye um and so she's like okay we're gonna leave and just like it looks like they're gonna be free two more gunmen show up out of nowhere and stop them and of course one of them turns out to be aubrey's cousin and it's just this whole thing and so the guy who's oh orion whose name we find out later is orion um He, you know, is clearly the leader and he starts spewing some stuff about who the fuck are you, blah, blah, blah. And just, like, in that moment, Aubrey just falls over. And Kim, of course, rushes to help him. And Roman says, you know, at first, like, it looks like it's gonna be a collapsed lung and all all they need to do is let the air out and he'll be okay. And, of course, they, you know, they're in the middle of a fucking warehouse, so they have no supplies. (laughs) They have no nothing. And Roman's, like, Uh, Not trained to be a paramedic, but he's paid attention to paramedics enough that he's going to walk through how to do this. And so he's calling out to Aubrey's cousin, being like, yo, go to the store, get these supplies. You know, we can save him otherwise. So the cousin goes and does that. And Aubrey, still while he's, like, about to die, if the air doesn't get released, um, lets it slip that this other guy's name is Orion and because of this he wants to kill Aubrey and tells Kim to like get the fuck out of the way like I'm gonna shoot him whatever but if Kim of course Kim's like no I'm gonna save his life back the fuck off and so Aubrey's cousin comes back just before Orion again still wants who still wants to kill Aubrey but just before that happens um and his cousin's like yeah no like we're not going to do this. And he's like, yeah, I said your name, too. Are you going to shoot me, too? Um, and so Orion, like, that kind of shuts him up for the time being. Um, and, you know, like, just kind of takes the juice box, which they purchased so that they could get the straw, which I thought was just really funny.
1: Yeah, I did, too, because he's trying to be this, you know, big badass, like, hard criminal guy. And then he's like, ooh, juice. Like, But he doesn't have a straw. Funny no he uses the straw and then roman is like hey give it to me oh yeah i guess
0: but like still i guess at that point if you've already opened it you can just drink it out of the hole whatever (laughs) um
1: also can we talk about how i mean roman talks her through this whole thing of like letting the air out and everything she makes an incision in his chest with a plastic knife
0: i know it's crazy
1: is that doable
0: questions for jeff i know you didn't write this episode jeff but like (laughs) we have a question i mean i would
1: i would think you'd have to use like a shit ton of pressure but then not too much pressure because like what if you break the plastic knife
0: i don't know and i feel like if we tried to google it we wouldn't find like a legit answer so i feel like we actually have to ask somebody
1: i don't know what to google i don't know (laughs) If not surgical incision with If not, plastic. I say we
0: nice. message Jeff and be like, Yo, Jeff, we have a question for you.
1: Yeah, we're gonna mark this one down. <laughs> but actually though.
0: Um so yeah, Kim is successful to and lets out the air of Aubrey's chest. And she's like, You guys like we just need to call 911. Like obviously he's not like completely out of the clear, but he's good for now, whatever. But of course, as soon as Kim's like, yeah, call 911, he'll he'll be okay, Orion still shoots him. Yeah.
1: Well, Orion shoots him and then shoots the other guy in, like, one fell swoop.
0: Right. And so the cousin's like, what the fuck was that? And Orion's like, he said my name, just like you did. Bam. And it's just like, what the hell? Orion is a (laughs) madman. Like, okay. A madman.
1: Yeah. No, a madman. Orion is not playing.
0: A madman. Yeah. Seriously. So then Kim and Roman are like, oh, shit. (laughs) So
1: (laughs) We should go. Yeah. And
0: so Kim and Roman are on the run. Well, really, it's Kim, Carrie, and Roman. Um, And so they start running.
1: Story of their entire partnership. Anyway.
0: And so they start running from Orion. And Roman tries to get Burgess to leave him behind so that they both don't die. Because he really wants her to be able to arrest the guy responsible and not lose her life because he's hurt. And so then they come up with this plan where Roman's now sitting against the wall all alone and looking like he was left behind. And Orion raises his gun to take Roman out when Kim, all of a sudden from nowhere, jumps beside him and tackles him down the stairs. And down of course, the stairs. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, that's incredible. She like leaps at him.
0: I know, it's crazy. And so then Roman makes his way over to help. But of course, Ro- Ryan in that moment gets back on his feet and they have a struggle for the gun that he dropped. Like, cause he, they topple down the stairs. And so of course, then Roman has the gun pointed in his face too. And then Kim shows up again and stabs him in the neck with what looks like to be, what looks to be a piece of glass.
1: I was really hoping that was going to be another plastic knife. <laughs> Like, I tried to get a better angle on that, too, because I couldn't – I remembered that she stabbed him in the neck, but I couldn't remember with what. And so I was like, was that that another plastic
0: knife? I think it's glass. No. But it's kind of – now I just have – if someone out there is, like, a great graphic artist, I would love to see a picture of Burgess with the plastic knife being like, here's
1: Burgess! (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like, going for his neck. Well –
1: Allison's the one who always photoshops Mr. Sprinkles, right? Yeah. Allison, we have a job for you. Allison, you're done with
0: school for right now. Like, Photoshop us this picture. Okay, thanks. Please,
1: Bye. thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's, like, what I picture now. Like, here's Burgess.
1: I would say the, the Burgess at the start of this episode definitely could not have done that. Like flying leap at the guy down a stairwell, momentarily knock yourself out and then stab the guy in the neck. Yeah, no. But
0: of course, that's not it either. And they feel like that's finally the end of things. But no. They find yet another gun carrying member of this drug ring closing the van door. But then of course, boy Andrews like an intelligence show up, which we'll get to in the second half. But um, you know, they show up The guy takes taken down and they're finally like safe and you know um somebody starts looking after or after roman i think it's ruzik um and she was antonio
1: yeah
0: or antonio whoever it was and he's like yeah like i mean all he says is like
1: she saved my life damn straight she did hell yeah
0: um but then we get to like maybe one of the more iconic parts of this episode which is the locker room scene Oh, yes. I mean, it's not, like, much in terms of, like, dialogue. I mean, Ruzik says, you know, like, I was really worried about you. And she's like, I'm glad you were. And then she just, you know, breaks down in his arms while they're sitting on the bench in the locker room. And he's just, like, whispering positive affirmations in her ear. and But she just, you know, like, finally, like, breaks down. Because she's had, like, the craziest day. And, you know, she just needs to let it all out. But, I mean, it's, again, it's just one of the most iconic parts of this episode.
1: I miss the Berzik's so much.
0: I know. I do too. This moment really made me feel like that whole, this whole episode, I was just like, oh my God, the Berzik, stop.
1: And like, I just, I miss Worried Ruzik. Like, Worried Ruzik is something that like, he internalizes that now. Yeah. Just, uh, and then when he tells her, he's like, you know what? You're incredible. Oh, my heart.
0: I know it's so good but i mean again we were talking about it earlier so then the episode ends with like her going back to the diner you know where the episode began and like she mixes up her order and so he the guy the creepy guy asks her like so what do you do kim and like it fades to black on like the biggest smile on her face which i just think is so cool because like you know she's proud to be this badass police officer in that moment like i think it's just it's so I, i don't know i just i love that moment
1: it's, yeah, I mean, those, that, that scene in the diner speaks volumes for, you know, being such a small moment.
0: Yeah, it really does. So, yeah, that's the main Iconic. warehouse part of this episode.
1: Iconic. So good. So good. So the B story here focused on intelligence, which I love. I love that they decided to do something so different in this episode, and it was just, like, magic.
0: But it's also so just as iconic as the warehouse part too. Which I oh, love. Oh my too. god.
1: Yes. So it's a super slow day in intelligence, and this is Taser recertification day. But we don't start with the tasers. We start with Linstead.
0: I had I forgot that this was in this episode. So when I was watching the first time for the first time, or re-watching, I guess, for the first time a couple days ago. Because I just had some downtime. I texted you and I was like, oh, my God, they're talking about the cabin in Wisconsin. I'm not emotional at all. JK, I'm so emotional. I can't handle this right now. I forgot. I was, like, going on and on. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God.
1: Yep, yep. Nope, totally fine. Just casual discussion about the cabin in Wisconsin. Nope, totally
0: fine. I mean, the thing I love, you know, so he's like, it's a great place to retire. And she's like, I'm not living in northern Wisconsin. And he's, like, messing with her. And he's like, I don't remember asking you. But then, like, I love how at the end, t- like, later on towards the end of the episode, he, or, he's like, yeah, like, I'm just saying, you know, like, it's a nice thought. Like, he's still going on about the cabin in Wisconsin. And he's like, and yeah, I met you and me. And it's just like,
1: <sighs> my heart. They were going to grow old together and retire into that cabin in Wisconsin, but she left him. It's not okay. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like hashtag things I will never get over <laughs> clearly clearly I, I'm very like gr- I'm very grudgy tonight like curse you deadline curse you dead. <laughs> but yeah so still though
0: I mean iconic iconic Lindsay moment Oh my so God. Good. And
1: like those moments in the break room when they're just like talking on the down low and like there is that one moment where like they're kind of holding hands and then Adam walks in and like they kind of stop and Lindsay's like, Adam, hey, like this is awkward.
0: Yeah, because <sighs> this is like right so after they like hooked up for the first time. And so like it's obviously so very much on the down low. And I, I mean, it's just it's has, so good. Well,
1: it's season two, so I don't think the couch has happened yet. No, the couch hasn't happened yet.
0: No, yeah, yeah. The first hookup has happened where Aaron thought she was leaving the very first time, and then just like J.K., I'm not leaving, and so that hookup has happened. But the
1: couch stuff hasn't happened yet. That's three. That's three. Yeah. So yeah. Sweet, innocent, pure Linstead. So good. I know I miss them so much. Yeah. But so, like you
0: were talking about, this is the episode where they're going through. taser certifications and (laughs) this guy dan jenkins shows up to do them and one of my favorite lines is this is um kevin's like no offense big homie but we're not really the taser and type of department (laughs) (laughs) it's like yeah no kidding you're the throw people in the cage like beat the hell out of them kind of department but
1: okay (laughs) so great so great So Voight worms his way out of it, and it's still to this day my absolute 110% most favorite Voight line ever. So Voight's just like, okay, peace out. And the guy's just like, no, you're part of this too. And he just goes, "Mm, I'll just stick to tickling perps to death. I crack up every single time. Like to this day, I still just start giggling uncontrollably. It's my favorite Voight line ever.
0: It's iconic. It's so good.
1: It's so good. It's so good. But yeah. So in order to – go ahead,
0: go ahead. No, it's good. Go ahead.
1: We're going to say the same thing. Well, okay. So in order to be taser certified, they have to obviously get tased. And so the guy's like, you want to aim for the torso. So it's shoulders, pelvis, abdomen, or groin, S-P-A-G. And so, you know, at first Adam is just like, yeah, whatever, get on with it. Guy tases Adam and he just doubles over. It's pretty funny actually when they get tased and just like buckle – yeah, which is great, but Lin- Linstead, Linstead gets all flirty with it. It's yeah. kind of adorable.
0: It's the best. I mean, the best part by far is like flirty Linstead, and you know, they like Jay begins volunteer or the guy like volunteers Jay, and Lindsay's like I volunteered to tease him, and she's like, so where do you want it? S P A or G, and then everyone else is like G gee, gee, and then it like cuts to a different scene, so we assume that Jay gets taste in their groin, but we don't really know. But
1: it's just I it's love so that. Funny. He's like shoulders, and she's like, mmm, and he's like, don't you dare.
0: And then everyone else is like, just gee, so cute. gee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but of course the whole time this is happening, Adam's been trying to call Kim because they had tentative lunch plans, and once this got stuck on him, it kind of looked like Adam wasn't going to be able to make it. And so he thinks that she's mad at him for bailing because she's, she's not picking up the phone. But, you know, once he doesn't pick up after the third call, like, of course, he starts to get, like, a bad feeling. And even in that voicemail, he's like, are you mad at me? You know, there's nothing I would have liked more than seeing you today. Like, I know you know that.
1: And it's just like, oh. I miss this like so much. I do, too. So much. It's just not even fair. So much i know but then like
0: um, ugh. yeah so then of course like we said Rizik starts to get really worried, worried about them and he even goes like to ask Platt, and then Platt realizes you know she's not really heard back from kim or roman and so she radios for someone to find their location so then of course Rizik asks to leave early to check on burgess and then of course like once voight hears that she and roman haven't really been heard from like voight's like no we're all going squad up <laughs> And intelligence squad rolls up, out. yes. Intelligence rolls out, and that's it.
1: Yeah, I do love how, you know, Roman's just like, Sarge, can I cut out early? Like, something weird's going on. And it's like, no, we're all going to go. Let's go. Like, squad. So good. Squad. So, so good. And I just, I love worried Ruzik. I just, I miss this Ruzik so much. I just, I feel like this is a PD where adam can wear his emotions on his sleeve he can't do that anymore and that drives me nuts
0: yeah that's no, very true i wonder what that's the product of though i wonder if that's the product of like him just having grown and like kind of like burgess you know spent so much time now in voids unit and like kind of realizing like that's not maybe the most effective way to get things done Or if that's, like, a product of the writing or just, like, the tonal shift of, like, the television show in general. Like, I don't know. I wonder what that's a product of.
1: Well, I mean, I would dare say that that's a product of the Brzezik breakup because he loved her with everything he had. And I still would like to think that, you know... Well he's okay so he's still emotional About you know things within the unit things like that He gets emotional about that and he voices his Concerns so if it's something like We saw last season with Alinsky and things like that I mean he will he will speak up But when it comes to Burgess He has to kind of pull it back And maybe even so much With Upton too just because Of the balancing act between You know Upton and Burgess
0: That's a good point Yeah, Yeah 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 no it definitely does That's a good point Um, I just I don't know I don't know I don't know But I do agree with you that He definitely doesn't show it more now And he did show it a lot more early on
1: Yeah I I wouldn't say that he's Kind of hardened in that aspect I think that's one of the things that makes Adam Adam Is that he does Just wear his emotions on his sleeve And just like fly by the seat of his pants But I would I feel like I would chalk that up Almost entirely to the Berzic breakup.
0: Interesting. I'd love to but hear. Also, what are their thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. and But also it's interesting. Because you know as I'm saying this. And I'm like Ruzic wears his heart on his sleeve. Kelly Severide does as well. But it's different. And I can't quite peg how.
0: Hmm. I'll have to think Maybe about Ru- I have to think on that.
1: Maybe with Ruzik, it's more so he wears his passion on his sleeve. He's more, it's like more things that he's passionate about. Whereas Kelly, it's just every emotion.
0: I have to think about that because it's definitely different. I don't know if I agree with that part of it. But I needed to think about that. Mm -hmm. But I'd love to hear listeners' thoughts on this.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess just start by telling us if we make any sense here.
0: Yeah. But Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So again, that was kind of the whole episode, but we did get a lot of people just, you know, thoughts on this episode. I mean, a, a lot of it, I mean, all of it was positive, but I'll just figure I'll run through a couple of these thoughts real quick. Um, so jocelyn says what i really enjoyed about this episode was while burgess and roman were fighting for their lives the others were getting tased which always makes me chuckle a little us too jocelyn debbie says the rest of the team getting tased was hilarious i do like how burgess was so strong and she proved early on that she's a badass she never gave up on roman and he never gave up on her ability burgess saved them both very true Haley G says, favorite episode of all time with my favorite Burzik moment of all time. Definitely. Um, Amanda B says, taser certification from this episode. It's one of my top five best PD moments. I don't know if I put it in my top five best PD moments, but definitely up there for sure. Um, Miranda says, all I know is Burgess kicks some ass in this episode. When she finally gets mad, it's over. My hero. And Mm -hmm. then Kate says, the Bersig locker room scene near the end was everything. Why has this show destroyed such incredible chemistry? I know, Kate. I want them back, too.
1: Yeah. So bad. So bad. No. Drives me nuts. Yeah. So bad.
0: Mm. Yeah. But that is this episode
1: it's it's a damn good one it's really good
0: it's really good i don't think i realized how much i again i mean i knew i liked this episode but like rewatching it back i was like no this is like a really strong episode
1: yeah did we really strong so go ahead no it's
0: just to say did we ever do like top have we ever talked about our top pd episodes i guess we did at some point but i can't remember
1: I mean, kind of in our first episode, right?
0: Yeah. I don't know. What are, and now I'm just thinking Maybe about we, what are my top PD episodes?
1: We should do that episode, like, our top five favorites of each show.
0: Ooh, that's a good idea. I will add it to the list of, because I am now keeping a list. Like, we've said we've been keeping a list, but, like, now I actually have started a list of, like, off-season ideas. Um, and so I'm going to add this to the list before I forget.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So that's a good idea.
1: But yeah, I think that's our episode. Yes? Anything else that we uh, wanted to cover? No, I think that's
0: it. Again, just I love this episode. Same, same, same.
1: So as always, listeners, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, all across the board. It's Meet Us at Molly's. Email us anytime about anything at at, at gmail.com. Um If you love the show, which we really hope you do because you've made it to the end of this episode, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Um, follow us individually on Twitter. I am at GinaWatchesTV. Bryna? I am at K 13 We are back on a normal schedule now which is great I don't foresee any more crazy trips where I get stranded I don't think you foresee any like apartment mishaps um we should be on a normal schedule yeah for for now um yeah we should be on a normal schedule so you will hear from us next week
0: I was gonna say normal schedule but then I feel like in May things are just gonna get crazy because we're hopefully gonna be throwing out so much content for you but yes, we, you'll at least hear from us every week. Whether it'll be like normal or not, I don't know. You will you'll hear, hear from us. us
1: every week though. We are basically just going to be like all up in your business for the next month or so. That's so, what we're trying to yeah. at
0: least. We can't confirm we're yes. right now. But we're trying to be all up in your business we're for tr- the month of May.
1: It's our goal. It's our yeah. goal to be all up in your business. So just keep an eye on social media. We'll keep you posted as always. But next week, do expect to hear from us timely a week from today, usual. And yeah, we will see you then. So everybody have a good weekend. Bye.